You're listening to Hey everyone, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to my virtual living room. Uh, I hope that you'll get comfortable because we're going to have a great featured conversation today with my guest, who I'm so excited to introduce. Um, Yeah, this week's topic is about life coaching. And today I have with me my friend, Abraham Heisler. What up? Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Good? Yeah. Always. I always get good vibes from you. Mm. Um, Before we dive into my conversation, all the things I want to talk about, can you introduce yourself and what you do? My name is Abraham Heisler. I'm a life coach, mindset coach, storyteller. I come from the world of film. Uh, my background's also in yoga and meditation. And essentially, I work with people to help them create the life that fully uh, allows them to express themselves and who they are. Very cool. And that's why I love you. <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned earlier, you were my life coach. And to add further context, I actually knew Abe from San Francisco where you were directing films mm-hmm. and it was a short film. Yeah. Was how many films had you done at that time? Uh, uh you done a bunch. Countless. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I met you when you're, this was actually my first short film. Was it really? Yeah. Oh my God. And you killed it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had like <laughs> a 30 awesome. second part. Yeah. But that was, you know, that was the part. I remember you made me feel so important and I was like, Oh, but okay. So I was like, I got to show up. Um, and then we won Scary Cow Film Festival in San Francisco. And then we won. Yeah. 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 Boom. It was awesome. Um, and, and since then, you know, we, we've just stayed in touch as you've progressed in filmmaking and teaching. Mm-hmm. You're teaching film. I was teaching filmmaking at the New York Film Academy. Right. In Burbank. In Burbank, your favorite place. <laughs> My favorite place in the world. <laughs> and then, um, we, you know, we we're Facebook friends, so you're keeping up with all the stuff I right. was doing with collaboration, with right. acting, and you had been introduced to me as an actor. So the reason, like, Abe and I just we just remain friends and so every time I caught up with you I always felt like we'd have great conversations um I could get very you know you just meet different people where you can kind of go there hmm. or you just stay kind of superficial check out counter conversation yes yeah. the chit chat which is not bad but I felt like we could always kind of go more spiritual or more like kind of bigger picture mm-hmm. pretty quick dig yeah, yeah dig so I'm very grateful for that. And then so last year, um, we caught up, we were just grabbing lunch, and then you mentioned that you're starting or then you had reached out to me, right? Like it was is the beginning. I think I called you like middle of last year. Yeah. And uh I can't remember what the pickup line was at that time. <laughs> but I just you know, it's funny you said I made you feel important. It wasn't a hard job. I always saw you as an important person and oh, still see you. As an important person oh, thank you. to the, <laughs> can you all yeah. look at you blush? No, I'm serious. Um, I, I always just saw you as just an incredible, awesome person. And the people I want to work with are people like that. And so I reached out like, Hey, I want to work with people like you. What's up? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Yeah. Give me some advice or let's talk. Let's work together. Let's do something. And then that conversation spiraled because you were because you were starting this idea of becoming a coach or had you already started then but I, I remember was, just, I was already coaching you're already coaching yeah and so um I don't know just again 
as we unpackage this topic, which is a big topic, um, yeah, I, I'm very big on kind of following my gut. And the reason why I was open to that and why I was like, yeah, let's talk. And, um, I really believe in everything happening for a reason. And I felt like it was a very synchronistic moment of, I, I needed that conversation as well. I think I went with it. But the reason I wanted to talk about this whole life coaching scenario is because you know this very thoroughly. Oh, poor Abe. Not poor Abe. He, he, he got to, have the wonderful experience of diving into my crazy brain. But I had a lot of issues with like working with a life coach, the whole concept of that. And maybe, I mean, to this day, I I'm very, very thankful for that experience. And that's why I want to talk about every phase of that, um, why it was important, but why it was so freaking hard Mm. to like step up to the plate. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Right. And, um, what does that say about you that you have a life coach? Yeah. That whole thing. I mean, Abe was like, man, like, again, I can be very real with you. I was just like straight up, like, I don't know how I feel about hiring a life coach. Like what kind of bougie ass, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is that I am that girl. Like I, I, it's that whole branding thing of like, okay, I, I do yoga, I do meditation, I like to juice, and I like to, you know, do positive affirmations and love it. Like, I was definitely, personally, in my personal world, I was totally all about kind of the, quote-unquote, the hippy-dippy, spiritual, she-she life that a lot of people brand as, like, for a certain type of person. Privileged. Privileged people. Right. Yes. And so I had a really hard time, even though like everything you and I talked about felt so natural and it mm. felt uh, empowering and like helped me. Mm. I still had a lot of issues with that. Mm. You remember that? I do. <laughs> and I, you know, I can relate. I, it's funny because we're talking, we were talking uh, before about money mm-hmm. and my journey and my background has been very similar. The journey of uh, going from sleeping on the floor, living with monks just a year and a half ago to living in a million dollar house in the hills and driving a Tesla. It's like, that's been a very accelerated process. Right. And that has brought up all sorts of stuff for me. Yeah. All sorts of stuff that I've had to work through yeah. and I'm still working through. Yeah. My background was that I was raised in a Marxist household. Okay. And so the story... Very even, different, yeah. Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah. Even though the house that I live in was built by Jewish socialists. So it's kind of interesting, the ironic touch. So many it, different know? ways that... It, it just goes in and out. intersect That's right. But, um, you know, the thing I love about life coaching, coming from filmmaking, is that it's all about story. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know putting a script together and then filming it, we're looking at the stories that every, all my, each one of my clients have Mm -hmm. and which stories are actually in service of what it is that they actually want. What do they want to create? Right. And which are detrimental. Right. And I think what you're talking about is coming up against that, those boundaries Mm -hmm. where some part of you wants something different, but yet you have these ideas and these stories that we've all been conditioned with, you know, from a very early age and they don't quite match up. And so in that gray area and that discomfort zone, we experience a lot of growth. Oh, the discomfort. And I think that's the cliches, right? That this, that the uncomfortable, the growth part is the uncomfortable part. And I was, I feel like I was right in the thick of it when I met you. Um, and I feel like after we had talked, I was just like, you know, it's not like I'm rolling in money. But I felt at the time it was like this calculated risk in my head to 
like do the unthinkable and invest in myself. Mm. Um, and it's just, again, like I, the money thing is one really big aspect because I feel like, um, it's a, it's a very taboo subject in a lot of ways. Like people have a hard time, um, talking about how they spend money, how much they earn, things like that. And, but yet it, it, it really impacts obviously our lives and our lifestyles. I know that, you know, and these are so many different like subtopics of podcasts I want to talk about, the things I've learned about married couples. And like one of the main things that people will fight and get divorced right. over is about finances. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to communicate because it's such a personal part mm. of yourself. Mm. But just from that first conversation, I was like, yeah, you asked me, like, what do I want to do? And I was like, well, I want to, I think I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I didn't expect to be. I thought I was going to be, you know, working for the man um, in some corporate job or in a hospital for the rest of my life. That's the man. Yeah. Can absolutely. we curse? Yeah, you can curse. Fuck the man. Fuck the man. And it was just, you know... You asked really specific questions that kind of hit a lot of very mm. specific nerves in me that unnerved me. I was like, oh, these are all these issues that I have. I need to like, I had this gut feeling again that like everything I've been learning, I was like, there's certain things I need to unlearn mm. or I need to learn new things to grow out of this. I felt stuck. Right. And just like kind of suffocated. I was like, what, what the hell am I doing? Right. I feel like I'm going in circles. I'm not expanding my income. I'm not, um, I haven't made the movies that I want to make yet. Right. I'm not booking gigs that I want to book. And all these like ideas felt very far away, even though I'm like, they're all right here. Why am I not reaching them? Right. Yeah. So the, I'm basically like, what made you decide from moving to filmmaking into coaching? Because you're basically taking on, like, you're becoming like kind of like a, a therapist and like you're figuring out how to work people through all their shit. Personal guru. Yeah. Your personal guru. Like you're, that's a big deal, man. That's like something that I try to avoid. I'm mm. like, I can't, I'm dealing with my own stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, when I got into coaching, care. a friend of mine said, I left one cult to start another. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. I always had the desire to do personal growth work, mm -hmm. to facilitate it. I knew I wanted to write, run workshops, travel, teach, so on and so forth. And my path was always, well, let me become a huge filmmaker and then use film as a platform to then launch the transformational work. Yeah. The first part of that never really materialized. Okay. And now I see reasons why and the ways in which I myself was holding myself back from the success that I so craved. Okay. But... What, you know, ended up happening was I was, went through a phase where I, you know, I was doing all this yoga and meditation and working on myself and living with the monks and had a very sort of monastic lifestyle, even though at one point I was married throughout that, but the marriage didn't work because that was still kind of trapped in these two worlds. Mm -hmm. And I realized, you know, I also have a huge desire to inspire people, to serve people. And I wasn't having the impact that I wanted to have. I mean, nobody really knew who I was, you know, Scary Cow was great and wonderful. And I, I loved the community there, but like, I just wasn't having that success with filmmaking that I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And it created a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. I struggled with depression for years. And even still, I can, if I'm not careful, I can get drawn back down into that. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that, you know, if I went and followed my desires, my worldly desires, then I would just, it would just lead to more suffering. Very Buddhist kind of philosophy. Right. And about a couple of years ago, I started walking down a path of not being in denial of my desire mm -hmm. for a better life, for better lifestyle, but actually 
surrendering to it mm-hmm. and seeing that as a path towards transformation and towards having the impact that I did want to have, that I do want to have. Right. Changing people's lives, helping people to actually create a better reality for themselves. And that's an interesting word. And I think that was a word that you and I, I mean, like what we were just talking about prior to recording this, which I wish we had recorded, but that word better, right? Like the, my future podcast coming about my Equinox meltdown. Um, you know, everyone has these different defining, you know, what is better markers? What does better mean? Right. And I think that's this constant conflict that we're in of comparison. And I think more than anything right now, obviously we're, it's only been escalating as we are exposed to more of one another, Mm. more of everyone's day-to-day life via whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or what have you. We're, we're seeing more of like, Oh, that's the way that person does it. Those are the clothes that they wear. These are the cars that they buy. Um, this is the kind of music that they, and like, and then we're in this, like, we're, we're fixated on this comparison mode of like, is that better? And how does it compare to me? How do I measure up? I think it's a weird and terrible measuring stick. We, you know, certainly capitalism, what it does is it helps to breed this competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, but that's where the way I think a lot of people interpret it as is that it needs to be competition because resources are scarce, scarce. Yeah. And therefore I need to throw some elbows in order to get mine. Right. In order to get off. And if you got the, you know, the, one of my favorite Keen Peel sketches is when they, <laughs> they got, um, like one person comes in with a hat that has the tag on it and the other person's like, all right, let me do better and comes in with the hat with the bag. And then oh finally the last thing is the, <laughs> the last person comes in with the hat with, uh, I believe like a slab of concrete with somebody in a sweatshop putting a hat oh together on God. top of his head. I need to see that. I it's haven't watched hilarious. that one. And that's, I mean, I love it because it's this trying to outdo the, the one next upping. person. The one upping. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, coming again, coming from film and being a storyteller, I am, I subscribe to a different mindset or different, um, style of living your life. And it's not comp- competition. It's create creation. Mm-hmm. So the, the, uh, the creative mind, in other words, the resources aren't scarce. Mm-hmm. They're actually abundant. There's enough money, air, you know, water to go around. Right. And if you approach it from that mindset, it's just about creating, creating more value, right? Right. Creating more opportunities, being more creative so that I don't have to have what somebody else has, but just what I need for me to feel satisfied and happy in my own self. Right. And that's different for you than me, than anybody exactly. else. And I think that was the part that I was really coming to terms with because, yeah, I mean, th- one of the things that I really want to dive into on this podcast in life is this relationship that people have with with wealth and mm-hmm. abundance because I think that's defined very differently. Like my – the way that I – embody feeling abundant, right? Which is what I was learning through all these like meditations and affirmations was feeling like what I have now is enough. I felt, I felt very, you know, it felt very cliche and hippie, but I was just like, yeah, I got, if I don't feel like what I have now is enough. And if I don't recognize that the air in my lungs and the water and the food, you know, that's enough and that I have everything that I need, nothing's going to satisfy that. That was like a really profound thing. And it was something I guess I intellectually knew. Like, you know, these things like, oh, you know, we, we just need to be happy with what is. But until you actually go there and you live it, I realized how much I've been like fighting this invisible fight mm. 
to one up myself, to one up the next person, to get a better position, to be prettier than that person, to like whatever, you know? I think one of the first things I asked you is why do you want the whatever the thing is that you want? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What are you doing it for? Yeah. And I wanted to channel every experience that I had to help other people deal with theirs. Mm. It's basically it. And now that I'm doing it, you're the, uh, first of all, <laughs> I love we're halfway through and I'm like, first of all, um, Abe was the reason why this podcast exists. To be honest, like the work that I did with you, um, I mean, pretty much every time we met, we met like once a week and every week I cried. Like I was, I was weeping, kind of facing a new barrier of mine. And it was all this emotional work to figure out what is it that I want to do and how do I want to do it. Mm. Um, and I thank you for that because you helped me crystallize and like clarify a lot of things. It helped me kind of just like the way I defined you when I talked to my friends about having a life coach, I was like, A was my catalyst. He was like an enzyme that helped make something that would have happened eventually. Yeah. It just happened faster right? because I dealt with shit like yeah. that. I probably would have put on the back burner or avoided. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I see coaching as a form of, uh, life hacking, essentially. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can, you can achieve Let me your goals. rebrand that. It's like life coaching is life hack. It's life hacking. Assisted or like. Yeah. It's an accelerator. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, in San Francisco, there's all these like, you know, business incubators and accelerators and then that's really what it is. Right. And, um, and there's ways that you can work with the mind to create what you want to create quicker. Right. And, and, and I think part of the work in like even accepting to work with you, right? Mm. In my own brain was to, from the get go, it was approaching this concept of like, well, who am I to spend money on a life coach? Like literally that was like point A, right? It was like the first obstacle that I was already facing. Um, and it's again, just there's so much to unpackage, but I, I just really was like that self worth. Part was like really tough for me to get through. Still working on it now, as we know. But it was it was an important element to to approach. I think that's the first essential question: Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I? Yeah. And who the fuck are you? And yeah. why? You know why? Because are you have to. And this is the key. I mean, if anybody wants to know what what is life coaching, you know, the the secret is creating a whole new version of yourself that wants to be expressed. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're creating something synthetically out of nothing. Yeah. It's not a fake, like not at all. Yeah. And that's why it's funny because people say fake it till you make it. And I'm actually, I get frustrated when I hear that. Okay. Well, what's your recommendation? How it's should not we about faking mm -hmm. what it is, what the people who fake it till they make it do trial and er error within themselves. What energy can I tap into within myself to create the result that I want mm -hmm. until they finally tap into the one that is the, the real one, the real energy, right? Mm -hmm. The real version of myself that's able to create the business that I created, mm -hmm. the real version of myself that drives the car or lives in this house. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because I'm on a, on a bit of a trip where I'm, I've surrounded myself with things that I'd never thought I could actually have. Mm-hmm. And what that's doing is pulling out that version of myself that has to actually create the financial resource in order to be able to afford the house, afford the car, afford the lifestyle. Right. And so for me, it's actually, it's kind of an experiment in a way. 
Yeah. Like, is this going to work? Is this really going to no, work? No, I literally, I feel like that. Even like the, the a couple episodes I did my announcement saying that I'm quitting my job and it felt like such a, still dealing with the imposter syndrome. I'm like, and, and th- I've been doing the work since we, we had our sessions last year, but like really approaching all of this of like, am I capable? Am I worth it? How do I value myself? If I'm going to get hired as an actor, as a speaker, what have you, right? Am I worth it? And like, that's the main question that I needed to answer. And we, we talked for like a few months and I still was working on, I'm still working on that now. It's like a lifelong process. You want to try something real quick? Okay. We're going to have a little session here. Excuse us. Why not? Let's just demonstrate. Yeah. I would love to hear from you, Minji. Okay. If you close your eyes just for one second, take Mm -hmm. a deep breath in, relax, let go of the podcast, go under the, beneath the surface, go to do a little scuba diving. And I want you to tell me, who is that version of yourself? Who is the Minji who is getting called to do speeches, to public speak, publicly speak twice a week, minimum? Mm, someone who's not afraid mm. of what people think. Before you say anything, can you feel that person inside of you? Where yeah. does she live? Under a lot of crap. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, everything that I'm processing now, I feel like it's, I, I, the analogy I'm coming up, the metaphor is like peeling back layers. There's like layers of, of things weighing me down. Mm. Um, and, and I'm trying to like identify whether that's, they're bad or good things, you know, like I'm, maybe I'm being overly harsh and saying like, okay, I want to feel like I make my parents proud. Right. That's one big, big thing that's been on my back. For a long time. But I'm like trying to reconcile like, is that, that's not a bad thing to want to make your parents proud. If they worked really hard, you appreciate the things that they gave you, the opportunities they gave you. Yeah. It's not bad to want to make them proud. But then I guess the follow up question is like, how can I do that in a way that I'm proud of myself or like I feel fulfilled? Mm. Um, that's been hard for me to reconcile because I felt like for a long time, everything I wanted to do was like indirect rebellion of what they wanted. See, what's happening here is I'm asking you a question mm-hmm. about who that version of yourself is that is hitting all and smashing, let's mm-hmm. just say crushing the goals that you have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff is coming up. Mm-hmm. And whether it's good or bad is actually doesn't matter. Irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. What it is, is all this stuff is protecting you from going outside of your comfort zone. True. Every single part of you, I heard this quote that every single part of you is in love with you. Is it though? <laughs> well, there's this tendency to feel like, oh, God damn it, I did it again. I messed up again. But actually, it's a part of you that is trying to keep you safe. Yes. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, and I think, um, I feel really lucky because the writing that I've been doing and like actually putting the pen to the paper or mm-hmm. keyboard, whatever, um, to, to start writing the stories that I want to turn into films, that process alone has been causing a lot of introspection and like a lot of pain Mm. um, because it helps identify where the origins of like the wounds or like the resentment or the guilt come from. Right. Which has been really, I think really important as it's been pretty painful, honestly, but cathartic. There's, you can open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> There's this great I think quote. better with my eyes closed. <laughs> oh, we all do. I do. 
Um, but there's a quote that my coach's coach always quotes. And it says, coaches, 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 whatever. The grandmaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this guy, uh, I think his name is Leland Van Vanderval. And he says, right? That's <laughs> quite a name. <laughs> what a name. So the, the quote is that the degree to which a person can grow is directly proportional to the amount of truth a person can take mm. without running away. Amount of truth they can take about themselves without running away. Damn. That's hard. That's real. I mean, I think the funny thing is the new relationships that I've been talking to you about, the new relationship I have with myself and like the new role that I'm going to play as this entrepreneur and creative, that's been forcing me to be very real with myself because it comes a lot to money. Like, how am I going to sustain my new condo, right? Like this investment that my family and I have gone into. Um, it's kind of like the practical logistical side of life is like forcing me to take a look at spending habits at what I, and spending habits to me, I've been like diving into that has been forcing me to look at what do I prioritize mm. in life? For sure. And then what does that say? And right. what do I want to change? What's okay about it? And um yeah, just open your calendar. Dude, that honestly, it's brutal, man. Like, it's terrible, <laughs> yeah. but it's already changed. Like I got audited. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on air, but, um, it made me look at everything, literally line items. Right. And I was like, Oh shit. I know. I just came from H and R block. Oh, shit. <laughs> How'd that go? I'm like, Oh geez, I need a bookkeeper. If anybody out there's a bookkeeper, you holler. Know, holler. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I'm very curious too, like, cause you're saying that you being the life coach too, it's not just the fact that you're like helping other people through the process of their stuff, but you being that person by their side and you like even calling yourself, has that been weird for you? Cause you're saying you've been dealing with all these, like the names that we put on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it's been weird from the standpoint of my upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was always taught that, um, you know, I guess I, not that I was taught consciously, but unconsciously, I had this story that money was the root of all evil. Yes, that which people suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was that they're greedy, they're greedy and, and shady, snort coke and sleep with prostitutes and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Which actually it doesn't matter what class you are. Right? There's people in a, every class that does that. Um, Very true. And so it's been interesting for me. What I can say, which I I think is pretty fascinating is that growing up in a left-wing environment, there's this underlying um, belief that we are all victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, Marx talked about this, about material dialectical materialism. Right. And so in order to change your reality, you have to change the system. Mm. And until we do, we're, we're just, we're oppressed. And so we have to, and on the right, you have people saying, actually, no, you create your own reality. Mm-hmm. So if you're poor, it's your fault, right? Mm-hmm. On the extreme right. Yeah, real yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I come at it from this coaching, life coaching, yoga meditation standpoint, saying, actually, we do create our own reality, consciously and unconsciously, mm-hmm. uh, I get a lot of flack from people back home saying, hold on, wait a second. Right. You know, you're a privileged white male. And I totally am. And what's really interesting and fascinating to me is actually what I truly believe is that both are true. I agree that both are true. Both are true. Yeah. And if we want to change the system, we have to empower ourselves. Which I do. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, we do. Because if we perpetuate the... It's a codependent relationship. Hmm. If we perpetuate the idea that is set for us 
then we can, we are actively, um, we are playing an active role in that oppression or in that, you know, systemic system that keeps a certain people down, certain group of people down. I agree. And so there is a certain level of agency that is necessary in order to create any sort of change, be it personal or public. That's so interesting because when you talk about that, I thought about my work with collaboration because we're talking about diversity, right? And we're talking about inclusion, which is, you know, collaboration has been around for almost 20 years, but like suddenly the diversity conversation has become mainstream in the last, what, like two, three years mm. and it's gaining steam and that it's great that it's a Oscar's priority so now. Oscar's so white. Shout out to April Rain. I had dinner with her. She's dope. Um, but like in, in, Taking on that, uh, that, that mission, right? For the last nine years, being part of collaboration, making sure that Asian Americans are represented, that we have a voice and all that stuff. I mean, I've seen every layer of that too. Mm. I've been able to investigate what, what, what bullshit are we perpetuating mm. as Asian Americans? Cause there's all this, like, we're kind of like ra- raging against the machine and we're kind of like putting out all these really big words like oppression and, I can confirm that there is a significant amount of systemic racism for yes. damn sure. Yep. There's a lot of this like patriarchal values. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of ignorance, but sometimes I get a little upset with how it gets framed where like everyone's saying like, Oh, they're trying to like, it's like a hostile trying to push us down. Whereas what I've experienced is I think there's just a lot of like stupidity and a lot of like all these like subconscious prejudiced, racist, biased beliefs that make diversity a non-issue to most people who are in place of privilege. Mm. That's really what it is more than like, I need to overtake you. I'm going to overthrow you. I'm going to push you down. It's more like, I don't care about you because mm. I'm busy trying to do my thing over here with my bros. Right. And so that's a very different thing. So even in that, like the reality of things, so the, the way that the systems work and learning how to be a part of the system, quote unquote, in order to dismantle it. Mm. I feel like my perspective has changed so much. And then in that, I'm also realizing what plays a powerful role, like not only in terms of status or position, but like also with finances. Mm. Like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to like, one of the reasons why I want to be a baller. Like I want to make movies and I want to green light projects. Remember how I feel like it. So then when I wanted to do that and you and I talked about that, it's like, well, focus on what it is that you want to do. What's the purpose behind it? Stop fixating on like the what and all the crap that comes up with it, like, oh, money's the root of all evil. Mm. I don't think that it is. I think people are people. And so it depends on whose hands that money is in. That's right. Can you can do so much good with it. Yeah. Too. And and then realizing that was like there's so many massive. Living in the in San Francisco Bay Area, I worked a lot with nonprofits, socially conscious businesses and organizations, all these people who are doing awesome, incredible work mm-hmm. and always looking for money. Yeah. <laughs> Raise his hand. Right. Yeah. And so I always felt so powerless in the sense of, I mean, before last year, I was, you know, earning like around 30 grand or less a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just playing very close to the ground and staying small. And so I couldn't help, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, and also not just for other people's projects, my own projects. Like I had so many ideas for not, you know, creative projects, creative works, and then also public stuff. Like I want to start a nonprofit 
production company that goes around the world filming films for other NGOs and nonprofits, but, you know, in a very nice Hollywood, you know, like a good freaking story and a good, you know, mm -hmm. cinematography. Because mm -hmm. um, you want to make impact. I want to make impact. And that's what it really comes down to. And, you know, you have to be honest. You have to look at the truth. The more impact you have, the more financial resources are going to be available. Right. And vice versa. Right. A lot of people say, well, you know, look at people like Mother Teresa. We were just talking about her. Or Gandhi, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were, you know, living very, uh, in a, a, you know, not with a lot of financial material, right? Yeah. That's it. Which is complete bullshit. Because even though Gandhi was walking around, you know, in, uh, in clothes that he made, the money that funded his movement, mm -hmm was incredibly large. There was a lot of money flowing through hands of people around these people. Mm -hmm. And so in order to create any sort of impact, you have to look at the money, you have to follow the money. Right. And so I think it's interesting too, like where do our eyes go? Hmm. Just because it's that also that whole idea of what seems to be may not be all that it is. And we're theoretically aware that this concept, you know, everything that we see, the perfect images that we see on Instagram, whatever, like it doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth or that's the reality of someone's well, it's life. A projection. It's a projection, right? And, um, and even fixating too much on that, it again, detracts from yourself. And the, the real reason why I feel like the whole life coach thing, this whole episode, this podcast for me was like, reconciling that if I'm not good in my own self, if I'm not good with my mind, between my mind and my heart, if I don't feel like I'm purpose driven, if I don't feel like I have, I'm a person of integrity, all sorts of things get fucked up. Like everything really is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality of it. Yeah. Everything that went was going wrong. If I was like, honestly getting in like my little car wrecks, right? Like it was because I was distracted, stressed out. I was worried about this and that or other. And I'm in LA. I, I got in like three car accidents, small ones, but in a series and it messed up my car insurance. And so I was thinking about this, like on this meta level, I was like, well, if I'm in this like state of freaking out, I'm in the state of worry. I'm in a state of anxiety. I'm not feeling abundant. I'm not feeling secure. It's actually probably leading to poor sleep. It's probably making me more distracted. It's perpetuating that reality. It's perpetuating this reality of like, oh shit, where am I going to get the next X, Y, Z? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for that? Right. And it worsened. It like, it was making it worse. Yeah. And I, I literally got in three in a row and I was like, are you kidding me? You know, and then I'm beating myself up and then I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm Did that happen under my watch? No, it happened before. Leading up to that, again, it was like one of the reasons I was like, I need to get, I need to get it together. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out, cause all the different things that were coming up in my life, including the car accidents were like indicating something's off. Either you're not resting well, you're really stressed out, you're yeah. trying to do this, you're trying to eat right, you're trying to exercise, but something's wrong. There's this tendency to want to do everything ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I got this. I got this. I'm going to do it myself. Right. But the successful people, what they do is they look at the people who have the results that they want, whether it's in business or relationship or whatever, and they reach out and they say, I need help. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the hardest things for me to do is still mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it was like a, a little over a year ago and I wanted to start my coaching business. I had to reach out and ask a friend of mine to help me start my business. And that was one of the most successful maneuvers I ever made because it got me to where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also want to uh, talk about the life coach thing because, you know, again, this prejudice that I had about being one of those people, mm. um, I didn't even want to like tell people that I did it. 
And that, that caused a lot of conflict in myself. The fact that I was resistant to reveal that I had a life coach because I was judging that even I was like, well, well but that's the part that's trying to keep you safe. Yeah. I'm trying to like, I don't know what, is, and what does safe mean? Like just not, well, for instance, on the initial level, it prevents you from being criticized. Like I said before, when I was 18, I read the Tao Te Ching and it said the tallest tree in the forest is the first to get chopped. And so I took that to mean, okay, never stand up, mm-hmm. never speak your mind and say what you really feel because somebody's going to cut you down. Yeah. And the other thing is that the goals or the reasons why you wanted to do this work, that is, that's the tallest tree there is. And so talking about having a life coach means that you also have to talk about what you really want and you have to make that reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were and to go on Facebook and declare in one year, I'm going to be, you know, the biggest public speaker, actress, entrepreneur there is. Think of the pressure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Think of, you know, how much you have to then live up to that. Right. And so, of course, there's a part of you that doesn't want to feel that discomfort and wants to just, you know, play it safe, Minji. I don't keep, it, keep, it, keep it on the down low. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. That's the part that we want to keep safe. And that's the fear part. And that's what I, again, why we concluded at the end of summer la- or during the summer last year that I was like, I'm going to do this podcast because I had clearly, you know, very well that I had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really, it was really great to get affirmation from someone I trust and that I've shared so many of my own insecurities and my issues with still come to me and say, no, I think you really should do this for yourself. And like, you know, like just fuck all the noise, just do it. Like what's, and, and also know that, that it has, it has value. Even if it's to one other person, Hmm. you know, that's enough. Like you don't have to, if you want to impact a greater number, that's great. But also like, you're just trying to help anybody who resonates with what you're saying. That's a good thing. That's still worth pursuing. And honestly, those kinds of conversations and that breakdown of like what was holding me back, everything from family to like the Asian culture that I grew up in, the line of work that I do, the industry that I'm in, all of those things had to get worked through. And I, I'm just very appreciative of that because I went, this is our 30th episode and this, none of these 30 episodes would have existed without those conversations Mm -hmm. or maybe they would have, they just would have happened 20 years from now. Um, and I also want, I want to touch on the fact that like, you know, for those who may not currently be in a place to hire a life coach, right? I still, I, the, the meta message is, is kind of like the, the assistance that we can provide one another, the inner work. I think that's the bigger thing that I think is so valuable. And you were able to provide that for me. Mm. So I'm very grateful for that. And, and I guess, um, how would you advise people who are maybe not feeling ready for that or maybe never will be or never feel like employing a life coach, but I have, they're seeking that, that, whatever, the catalyst movement that well, I. Why is it that somebody said. wouldn't want to hire a life coach? You mentioned same money. reasons that I had, like, just like, I can't afford it. Like who knows what kind of, yeah. Framework of like what kind of everything. Yeah. And I, and I'm realizing how much I stunted a lot of different things by not taking advantage of potential mentors that I had along the way mm-hmm. before I ever met you. Mm-hmm. Um, just, there's so many people who offered, you know, Hey, right. hit me up and let's talk. Right? right. Even mentors, like that felt like a privileged word, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I stayed away from sports cause I didn't want to lose. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty athletic and mm. there's a lot of things that I didn't do. I didn't take up on, um, guidance and help along the way. You know, 
I, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people who are interested in doing this type of work and doing it with me mm-hmm. and have heard the gamut of why it's not the right time or it's not this or it's not that. Mm-hmm. And I really have to honestly say that time and money are excuses. Mm-hmm. There's always time. There's always money. And you know this because if you're one of your parents is in a car accident and you have to make time in order to support or you have to come up with a certain amount of money in order for them to operate, would you do it? Hell yeah. So it's a matter of urgency. Right. And so, you know, when it comes to, well, one thing I'll just say is that, you know, Tony Robbins also says this is that you have to really look at your situation. How urgent is it? Mm-hmm. How badly do you want to change your life? How badly do you want to grow your business? Mm-hmm. If it's not urgent, it's not going to happen. You're right. not going to actually take active steps. I agree. And so you have to, in some way, create that urgency. It's a bit like two years ago, I was on a shoot and uh, I got bit by a little insect in Marin, actually, of all places. Fun. And, you know, it started out nickel size and then it started to grow. And somebody was like, dude, you should really do something about that. And I was like, nah, I should be right. And sure enough, it kept growing and growing, and I wound up, I uh, woke up one morning, I couldn't walk. Oh, my God. And I had to spend a day in the hospital on antibiotics and all sorts of stuff. And so coaching is, or at least the conversation of whether or not to seek out coaching is a bit like that. Mm-hmm. How long are you prepared to wait? Mm-hmm. How bad is it going to get? Mm-hmm. And if it's, if you can see what, you know, life is like, is going to be like, five, 10, 20 years down the line and you don't feel fulfilled. You don't feel like you've actually accomplished what you came to this earth to accomplish. Then it's time to do something about it and don't wait until then take action now. Right. Honestly, I'm going to say as like a hack to the life coaching thing again, because if you're in a place like, like I was before I ever hired a life coach, for me, I, I was like listening to motivational speeches is one of the things that you made me do. <laughs> it's one of my homework assignments for me to be the motivational speaker. Um, but I've been listening to clips like that for like a couple of years prior to that. So for me, I feel like, you know, everything kind of takes time to gestate and to build up urgency. And I was really being careful about what I put in my, my ears because I was recognizing how negative and how critical I am of myself. And so I was trying to balance that out and be like, Look, this isn't helping me beating me, myself up every time I like don't do exactly what I had planned to do or wanted to do. Right. Um, I need to balance that out with some, some, something like motivational and positive. And yeah. maybe that's why people are tuning into th- these different podcasts, right? Yeah. To learn. So, I mean, whatever everyone's journey is out there, I completely respect and understand that everyone comes to their own sense of urgency and their own purpose and like discovering what that even is. And how you want to go about addressing it is totally up to you. I'm putting this out there because it really did help me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people out there. And I, I've noticed that more and more people that are meeting are, are going into that. I think that that's great that we are recognizing the urgency of like the general human psyche out there, how stressed out everyone is, how anxious, how depressed. Like it's just ironic given all the stuff we're, we're tolerating around. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of shit out there. There's a lot of shit out there and yeah. a lot of shit in here. In there, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm recognizing that more and more people are stepping up to be coaches. More people are stepping up to get coached. And I don't think that there's anything wrong. If anyone's out there and hears me, there's, it's, I think it's good to help yourself. Yeah. However you see fit. Right. Well, certainly, you know, exposing yourself to new ideas, new thought, reading books, watching movies, motivational 
talks, whatever right. it is. It's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a networking event and I, I met this incredible woman. She's African American from South Central. She's a lawyer, you know, super successful. And she said that when she was like 16, in high school, she would go to the library and she would just start reading books, you know, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Science of Getting Rich, like all this new thought stuff. Uh-huh. And everybody around her thought she was crazy. Right. And she said, because of that, she is where she is now. Super successful, you know, living in a nice house, this, that, and the other. And, you know, she's she testifies that it doesn't matter if you're black, white, whatever, you can change your reality. For sure. Just by thinking alone. And also, like, to, to piggyback on that, you know, on thinking on your thought and also accepting, like, your reality, the reality that you want to create, it's totally great and fine and awesome for it to be different than someone else's reality. It should be. Yeah, it should be. Like, why do we all want to be the same? Like, that's what I think. I'm very, I'm very privileged to be around a lot of artists mm. who everyone has such a different set of standards of, like, what they want to have or be drive, whatever, live in to be happy. Hmm. You know, I have a certain type of lifestyle in terms of I want quiet. I want a place where I can like do yoga and meditate, right? right? That's important to me. Some of my friends, they don't ever want to live in the same place for more than a week. And now they have this opportunity where they can create a, you know, YouTube channel or whatever it is, a production company, what have you, or do online marketing or whatever it is to like live that lifestyle. That's incredible. Mm. I would never want to live that life. I don't want to be a nomad. I want a home and then travel occasionally. Joseph Campbell said, if you're on a path that is completely clear and easy to walk, you're probably on somebody else's word. I completely agree. Yeah. And it's been really hard. (laughs) Just acknowledging, but it's, it's been really, I think it's been pretty, pretty damn great. And so if you're walking a tough road, which I imagine a lot of people out there are, you're going to be fine. Keep bushwhacking. Yes. Do you have any last thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, I, I just feel super honored to be in the position that I am in now that people place their faith and place their trust in doing work and doing it with me. Mm-hmm. I was at this uh, workshop over the weekend. I'm now getting into breath work, which is absolutely amazing. It's super transformational. But the teacher, you know, he's been doing this for a few years and he's this like dude from Boston, you know, is like, you know, had a, a little bit of a rough upbringing. And he's like just super emotional. His heart is just wide open because he's been doing this transformational work with people and seeing people transform their lives just from breathing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, you know? And what came to me over the weekend is just the importance of service, of, of helping others. And so when I was, you know, growing up in a left wing family, it was all about liberating the oppressed and, you know, finding, seeking freedom, right? Freedom. 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 Yeah. And it's still about that for me. It's still about freedom. But the work I'm doing now is working with people on the personal level to liberate and free ourselves from any sort of limiting belief, anything that's holding us back from really being who we truly are. Right. So the work continues. Yeah. And so it continues for sure. And I will be continuing it on air with all of you as we (laughs) digest a lot of different topics. But this was... I don't know. I just love talking with you and I'm glad that we got to share a little mini session. That was, that was pretty cool. I didn't expect to have a session on air, you guys. Um, but I hope that, uh, 
you know, this was, this was helpful for our listeners. And, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up episode 30 of first of all with Abraham Heisler, my friend and my former life coach. I feel like whenever we talk, I'm still just going to have you in that mindset of like, Abe's helping me work through some shit right now. And it's great. I love it. Um, should I give my website? Yes, please. Yeah, that was a good little please plug. plug. Please plug. Um, my website is heislercoaching.com, which is H E I S L E R coaching.com. And, uh, my information's there. Feel free to reach out. He's great. <laughs> Post, like you could tell from the last 45 minutes or hour. Has it been bit. 45 minutes? Yeah. 47 minutes. Wow. 40, 48. 40, no. <laughs> time flies on your podcast. Yeah, I know. Good conversations and podcasting definitely helps the time fly. So if you enjoyed this episode and if there's somebody that you want to share this with, by all means, please do share this with your friends. Um, want to increase the impact and, and expand the conversation. That's what one of my goals is with this podcast. Uh, if you'd like to follow, First of all, I'm starting to be on social media more, but you can follow me personally at Minjeezy or go to Instagram at first of all pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron on a monthly basis, I would appreciate that so much. And you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. I am very proud to be part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. Love to everybody in that collective. You guys are amazing. If you enjoy this and want to go on Apple Podcasts, iTunes to subscribe, you can leave a five-star review if you like. And um, thank you to everyone who's done so. It's just been really uplifting. I freaking love you guys so much. Thank you to Marvin Yue, my producer, my audio engineer, and my very tall, you know, brusque cheerleader in the podcast world. And thank you to Aquafina for providing uh, her music track, Yellow Ranger. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. Bye. I got this all up on my